passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long and winding railroad a little bit of a different setup don't be confused you might think is this poison rana is this up next but it kind of is and kind of isn't it is the long and winding railroad by joining me first time guest on this show my good friend i'm at the bde towers and it's i'm in the studio of the poison rana the poison rana studios it's the bde the bde joining me is uh, brayden harrington yes one half of the bde hello brayden here WH, you are in the BDE tower because WH, you can't, not everyone is invited here. No, you got to have BDE to get into the BDE and you, sir, have that. So well, yeah, thank you. I'm uh, thrilled to be here to join you to talk about some pro wrestling. That's right. And specifically, we're, we're going to talk about uh, a legend of pro wrestling who unfortunately recently passed away, but, but he, he led such a, a rich and, and fulfilling life in and out of the ring that, you know, I, I can't feel sad about it but like i feel happy in the sense like we're going to talk about this man's career particularly in all japan pro wrestling because this is a an all japan pro wrestling uh podcast but he is so important to that company to the creation of that company and that person is of course one of your favorites one of my favorites it's terry funk yes terry funk forever Forever. Forever. We'll talk about why exactly, uh, why that's such a famous thing in wrestling today because of this moment, that match. But yeah, Terry Funk, like one of the, the best wrestlers of all time, arguably the best, if you, depending on which, you know, famous wrestler you ask. But. Yeah. I mean, with Terry Funk, it's like so many people will tell you he's their role model. He's their inspiration to become a pro wrestler. Yeah. He's who they pattern themselves out of after, whether it's Tommy Dreamer, whether it's Mick Foley, whether it's Eddie Kingston and, and countless other people in the, in, the, in the sport of professional wrestling. Yeah, you see a lot of influence, especially in today's modern era. And I mean, we're recording this a, maybe a month or so after his, his 
passing. And you could see the, the like people on screen and wrestlers kind of tributing him and doing so many things in honor of him. And we, we still kind of continue to see it. So like definitely uh, an inspirational wrestler. Like he, he created so many moments and memories and matches that inspired like today's crop of wrestling and fans uh, like me, like I'm born in 1991. I'm way too young to know who Terry Funk is, but the internet is great. So like, you have friends like WH who can send you links of amazing matches. Uh, it's, it's awesome. And especially like during the pandemic actually is when I went through and watched a lot of older WCW or all Japan and like a common thread was popping up of Terry Funk is a badass and like needs to be recognized as one. So, uh, rest in peace to one of the original cowboys of wrestling. Yeah. I mean, Terry Funk, my first exposure to Terry Funk was in the WWF. Sure. When I was a when I was a you know first getting to wrestling and so he, Chainsaw Charlie. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, Terry Funk. Okay, okay. So he's managed by Jimmy Jimmy Hart, right? Um, which is you know appropriate because Jimmy Hart managed him in Memphis as part of like Jimmy Hart's sure. ongoing crusade to destroy Jerry Lawler in Memphis, yeah, yeah. and so they have a famous feud: Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. The empty arena the match. Empty arena match, but Ooh. so many like other great moments between Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. Of course, there's like Terry Funk's. Legendary feud with Ric Flair in WCW, where you know Terry Funk is teaming with the Great Muda. They're aligned with Gary Hart. I love that. That's probably my favorite era. Yeah, Terry Funk. But for me, like I first saw him in WWF, and the first thing I ever see him do was beat the shit out of the ring attendant who put on his cowboy hat. And then it was like him just branding people, him like feuding with the Junkyard Dog. Yes, he has one of his biggest matches is against Hulk Hogan in on Saturday's main event. Teams with Dory Funk Jr., but as Hoss Funk, you know, the Funk brothers, you know, reformed their legendary tag team in the WWF. It, it, and then he's, he goes to, to the Indies, does a lot of Japan. It's not until later I, I discovered that he wrestled a lot in all Japan, but right. also in FMW. He helped popularize deathmatch wrestling sure. in Japan. And then later on, after leaving FMW, he, he does the IWA king of the death matches tournament that becomes so famous in the 90s tape traders want this tape because they want to see mick cactus jack and and terry funk and yeah. shadow wx and whoever else is in this fucking tournament just like set each other on fire and shit and mutilate each other it's a very legendary thing it's probably i'd say it's up there with his rick flair feud as as being yeah. one of the most famous yeah. things he's he's known for yeah i mean honestly the rick flair feud is probably my favorite stuff that he's done as well all starting from that like epic you know beatdown when he turned when he asked rick for a match and then beats him up and then just sets off that rivalry it's like some of my favorite wrestling to rewatch because not only is like the wrestling and the violence good in the matches but i thought his acting actually like i know he's in some movies and stuff but i actually always liked the the acting he's, he, he he could genuinely scare me and sound crazy and then he could also genuinely sound sincere when he was trying to be and it was a good mix of in between but yeah, I, I think with Terry Funk, you have to everyone recognizes like everyone says that that knew him in real life is like he's one of the nicest people, most soft sweetheart. Yes, yeah, sweetheart, soft spoken. But when you see when he's a heel, whether it's against Flair, whether it's against Dusty Rose, whether it's against Jerry Lawler. Yeah, he turns it on like he is truly frightening as, as, a, as, a, as a heel. Yeah, absolutely. He was like this evil cowboy branding people and yelling, your mother's a whore and all these <laughs> wild outlandish things. And like, yeah, he was he was genuinely terrifying. And I got to shout out Roadhouse because he's pretty much that character in that movie. And I grew up watching that on TBS all the time. And he's like the bad 
heavy in this movie, the bad bouncer. And like, I loved him getting his ass kicked by Patrick Swayze in that movie. And like, it, it it's, it's still one of my favorites to watch, but like he comes across this like, yeah, like scary Southern guy that you just don't know what he's going to do. So we're going to talk about Terry Funk specifically in, in all Japan, because actually him and his brother and his father, Dory Funk senior were so instrumental in helping giant Baba create the create all Japan pro wrestling to help giant Baba get the uh, endorsement and the relationship with the NWA at the time, which allowed Baba to book pretty much all the top talent in the, in the United States to come work for him versus like, you know, like new Japan pro wrestling uh, didn't have the access to as many stars. They had access to like a lot of WWF stars uh, via Vince McMahon senior, but Baba had, access to flair had access to the von erics he had access to uh dusty Rhodes because of terry funk and dory funk jr and dory funk senior so terry funk we're going to talk about his first retirement match we say first because <laughs> he had many retirement matches yeah. this is his first one i think it's probably his most famous one yeah from uh, august 31st 1983 he team teams with his older brother dory funk jr take on one of his greatest rivals in Japan, uh, Stan Hansen, but mm. also his student. He trained Stan Hansen. He broke Stan Hansen into the wrestling business. Right. He got Stan Hansen his first gigs in Japan, and he got Stan Hansen into all Japan. Interesting. From from New Japan, Stan Hansen was originally working in New Japan, and then he jumped ship because of the deal. Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. negotiated between Stan Hansen okay. and, and Giant Baba. Right. Very famous. We'll talk a bit about that. But yeah, we, we're going to talk about this match. It's, it's against Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy. Another Terry, very famous Terry in wrestling. One of my one of my other favorite Terrys in, in fresh wrestling is Terry Gordy. He is pretty good. I, I find it really eerie that, you know, the wrestler Abyss? Yeah. Like without his mask and gimmick and everything, I find that they look very similar. Anytime, oh, yeah. yeah. Just time I've watched yeah. whenever. I, yeah. I, I It's very weird to me. It's, it's like I know they're two different people, but. So it looks more brain. like Terry Gordy than Terry Gordy's actual son looks like him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about Terry Funk in, in Japan. He was one of the most popular American wrestlers to ever work in Japan. He and his brother, Dory Funk Jr., worked primarily, like I said, for Giant Bob's All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, one of the main reasons he was so popular, Brandon, was that the Japanese, Japanese fans could feel Terry's love and appreciation for Japan and for that particular audience like he he really was what was his connection what was the oh he just loved going there yeah he had a great time he liked the style of wrestling he liked that it was different from american wrestling he he liked that he could bring kind of like his more entertainment based style like you know as as kind of this character but like a super brawler but he was a great technical wrestler yeah as well dory of course was like dory jr was more like you know, like kind of regarded as, as a wrestler, but Terry's just character just endeared him to the Japanese fans because like, he's like nothing they ever saw before. And he would go there so many times and like, that's it. Just like they did watch him in the ring and they just like, yeah, it seemed they love him. Like every time you watch any old Terry Funk matches, which it's fantastic. A lot of these matches like this one are on YouTube or daily motion and stuff like they're easy to find because people put them up there and, it, it is crazy how crazy the crowd gets and reacts to Terry Funk, not only in this match, but again, in like a lot of his matches over there, it's like really loud. Like reactions like that don't happen as often in today's wrestling. So there are many, many women fans who go to his matches and dress like cheerleaders. 
with the cheer- Terry cheerleader, the Terry cheerleaders nice. with, and they have pump. They, there'd be a section of them. You see them in this match that we're yeah. going to talk about, but that's how passionate his fans were for him. Wow. So, uh, Terry made his Japanese debut for the uh, Japanese Wrestling Association promotion back in July, on July 27th, 1970, teaming with Dory Jr., taking on the team of uh, Antonio Inoki and Michiaki Yoshimura in the main event, uh, which the Funks won. This was to actually set up a, a program that JWA wanted the Funks to have, who were famous tag team wrestlers. Yeah. In, in And, of course, Dory was NWA world champion. They wanted them to feud with Inoki and Giant Baba, who are regular tag partners. And this is before JWA dissolves. This is before Inoki forms New Japan Pro Wrestling and Baba subsequently forms All Japan Pro Wrestling. So the Funk Brothers were being groomed to have a series of big tag matches against Inoki and Baba, uh, who, you know, they were two biggest stars in Japan for the JWA. Um, One of the big accomplishments the Funks had and showing how much the promoters trusted them and regarded them is that they would win the international tag team title from Anoki and Baba on December 7th, 1971 to, to for them to actually beat these two yeah. for the, the, you know, the top tag team title in Japan at the time was, it was a really big endorsement form from the Japanese promoters to the Funk brothers. Yeah. Especially seeing the Gaijins come in and beat some of the, the top guys there. Yeah. Like Anoki and Baba, like, very few, yeah. very few people yeah. got to beat either. I didn't of think Anoki ever let people beat him. Well, he. So this <laughs> is the thing. What a chin, though! What a chin. This is the thing. So when Anoki is forming New Japan for Wrestling, yeah, and Baba's forming All Japan Wrestling, the Funks side with Giant Baba because he he treated them with professionalism. Okay. Whereas, like you know, Terry has said in different outlets, like, oh yeah, Anoki, he. You know, he might do the job, but not because he wanted to do the job, but he had to do the job. And like with Baba, they felt like he was always professional to us. They liked him on a more per- and on a personal level as well. So it was very easy for them to say, "We're going to side with Baba because we can trust one. We can trust him. Two, he we get along with him, and 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 you know the the trust is reciprocated later on yeah. when Baba wants, you know, he's get his like two top prospects, uh, Jumbo Saruta. And Jinichiro Tenru, who am I going to get to train these guys? I'm going to I'm not going to train them in my dojo in the All Japan dojo. I'm going to send them to Amarillo, Texas, to train at the Double Cross Ranch at, with the Funk family. So that's how much Baba trusted the Funks to, right. to take care of like guys who he's he knows he's going to be. I'm going to main event these guys. Yeah. they're going to be the, the cornerstones of Big my promotion. Deals. Yeah, uh, some other people have been sent to train with Funk too, right? Like Onita, right? Isn't that the whole? No, no, no. Onida was was like he just idolized Terry oh my Funk. God. Oh, there's there's been some others that have well, been Terry, sent, you know yeah. Stan Hansen trained with yeah, him. yeah, yeah, but over back in his ranch, right? Yeah, or in Texas. The, the big ones would be like you know like Jumbo, yeah. and Tenru were the big ones, and like you know Jumbo loved the Funk Brothers. So when we see Jumbo on the apron of this at the beginning of this match, yeah, yeah, seconding the Funk Brothers against Hansen and Gordy, which is like I mean he's a main event guy. It'd be like today if like. I don't know, like Kenny Omega was in the corner of like one of his trainers, like Chris Jericho. He's a second to like against you know someone. Sure, else, right? yeah. So. I mean, I mean, there's huge influence in Kenny Omega from Terry Funk. I noticed he does so many of his moves and similar things. But yeah, so one of the things that the Funk Brothers did for for Baba was they booked all the foreign talent for for All Japan for Wrestling. So Baba says, "I want this guy, or I need some guys to come on tour. Who do you recommend?" 
we'll send you this guy, this guy, and this guy. Usually they're NWA affiliate wrestlers, but if you don't get the Funk Brothers approval, you're not going to work for All Japan. Right. right? Okay. So to to be in the good graces of the Funks was was like, okay, I'm probably going to get a, a tour, at least one tour with All Japan and see if Baba likes me and then he'll he'll bring me back. That's what happens with, with Stan Hansen, not initially, but, you know, eventually he gets his long lasting relationship with Baba sure. via, via the Funk Brothers. So they would act as as bookers uh, for, for All Japan for Wrestling too, with Baba to some degree. And as booking agents for Baba, uh, Terry, uh, Terry main evented the first All Japan main event, teaming with Bruno Sammartino. Wow. Uh, someone else who loved Giant Baba, who regarded him as like a great person to, to work for when he was in Japan. And they defeated the team of Giant Baba and uh, his tag team partner in that match, Thunder Sugiyama. Um, but Baba, you know, would get his win back by beating uh, Terry in a two out of three falls match on uh, October 30th. So uh, let's see. One of his most famous matches with Dory Jr. as, as you know, the Funk Brothers was in the finals of the All Japan Tag Tournament on December 15th, 1977 against Abdul the Butcher and the Sheik. This is the, have you seen this match, Raiden? Yeah, this sounds familiar so at one point, like both Sheik and Abby use yeah. forks, yeah, and they that's just right. like t- uh, tearing apart Terry's arm, right? Yeah. To the point where Terry has to go to the back. He's, he's get all managed up, and it's just Dory, basically Dory Funk Jr. in a handicap match. Yeah. The two most diabolical heels in all of wrestling, just monsters. So and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. But who comes back to save him? His younger brother, all managed up. He's like, that's I right. gotta, I gotta save my brother. And my God, these the fans go crazy, and they're yeah. like, Oh my God. He's come out to save his brother because also again, remember, like this is kayfabe is alive and well, especially in Japan. Yeah, they all think everyone thinks it's real. Yeah, right. And so they're like, and this is where really I think the the love and admiration for Terry Funk as a hero is is cemented in this tag match. Yeah, he's got a lot of emotional moments. You 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 know, for someone who looks a bit crazy in a lot of moments and memories, like. Um, you're you're reminding me of obviously the moment with Onita in the the barbed wire. Like it's similar. Like wait, he, the one of them is jumping on the other to save him. Like it's weird in wrestling. It's like yeah, we were trying to kill each other, but there's still like this like emotional aspect. And look at in today's wrestling. I'm watching NXT last week, and the, Tony Tony uh, D'Angelo, Tony Soprano, did the same spot. He's taken out. He's too beat up. Now his buddy's got to get beat up. And then, oh, no, he's coming back for the big emotional save. I can't let my brother, right. you know, be attacked. It's, it's still being used. I, like, I, he wasn't the first to do it, but I'm sure, like, so many people watch well, I mean, it. so many, like, the, the spot you're yeah. talking about with Onita. So it's, like, in, in, a, in an exploding yeah, mind match, right? So there's a countdown, and Onita's out of the ring, but yeah. Terry Funk's in the middle ring. It's like the countdown's going to happen. The, oh, yeah. All the explosives are going to go off. <sighs> Onita runs, crawls back in covers himself covers terry, terry with his own body to, to save him because onita loved terry funk he idolized terry funk he wanted when because onita was originally a junior heavyweight he had uh, bad knees he got he got injured he couldn't do high flying anymore he said well what can i do i'm gonna be like terry funk i right. can just brawl i can be a brawler uh, and believable have create a believable aura about myself like terry funk did yeah and he is such an influential wrestler in in Japan, not only like Asushi Onita, but people like, uh, for example, uh, uh, Men's Teo from Michinoku Pro from Kaintai DX. He used to call himself Terry Boy because okay. he was a huge fan of Terry Funk. Wow. So 
Yeah, I mean the the Onita Terry Funk cage match is like super iconic. Obviously, came back into some people's eyes when AEW tried to do the the whole exploding barbed wire thing. But like that match is insane. Try explaining like pro wrestling to someone who doesn't give a shit about wrestling, but then try explaining this exploding barbed wire death match in Japan to someone. They'll be like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" Right, and yeah. like. That moment is is one of it's so fun. I I recently rewatched it just because of like the passing of Terry Funk, and I'm like, man, this this match is insane. Like they're just beating the shit out of each other with exploding things. But yeah, so we we talked a bit about the, you know the Funk's relationship with Stan Hansen. So you know Hansen, like so um, who who jumps over Abby Abdullah Butcher jumps to New Japan, right? So it's like, well, we need to counter this. The the wrestling war in Japan between all Japan and New Japan is is on Braden. So like, what can Bob is like? What can we do? And then you know he goes to the Funk Brothers. Who can we get from there? Let's get Stan Hansen. So they they would negotiate in secret with with Stan Hansen. Okay, you're going to come over, and this culminates. This, these negotiations culminate in the the finals of the real world tag league, uh, August, uh, sorry, December 13th, 1981 in, in, in the finals, it's the funk brothers against the team of Jimmy Snuka and bruiser Brody, but who comes out to be in the corner of Brody and Snuka? Whoa, it's new Japan's Stan Hansen. What the fuck is he doing here? Well, he's there because he is just jump ship and the crowd is going crazy because of this deal that the funks, uh, help negotiate with right hands and four giant baba so, so people were jumping back and forth even back then oh yeah the wrestling oh thing. yeah no and it was a it was a huge deal yeah. because a lot of people didn't do that yeah. in, in the 70s and 80s so, so for abdullah to jump was a big deal but for Hanson to subsequently come yeah. over i think they got the better deal um yeah i like i appreciate abdullah butcher but yeah, yeah I, I'm, if i'm gonna take yeah. between him and stan hansen oh, yeah. I, I will take stan hansen any time of the day so uh this 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 uh this program so Hansen would attack the Funk Brothers during uh, in the post match. This would set up many many tag matches Braden between the team of Brody and Hansen against the Funk Brothers. This is also set up many matches that Terry would have singles matches he would have against Bruiser Brody, which are all great. I I, I like watching yeah. those matches and of course against Stan Hansen and those two when they would get in the ring. I think that was magic. Oh yeah, they, they don't hold back. Is this where where he hangs them in one of the matches? It might be. Yeah, it man, it's it's gory where he like pretty sure it's Hansen who hangs Terry Funk here. Uh, me and Davey over on uh, Poison Rana, we do a show called Best Match Ever, and like years ago, we basically made a, a whole playlist of like different Terry Funk matches that were highly regarded, and then watched them all and kind of review and rate them and stuff and all those matches you just listed were like whether it was Terry and Dory versus uh, Brody and, and Hanson. Uh, but there's a, what the, the one with Terry as well, this match that we're talking about as well today, like there's a whole list of matches that are so like, so good that people like maybe haven't checked out that definitely would recommend. And you're kind of hitting on the head, like any of the combinations of these guys, Works so well together, and I don't know. I think Terry just like getting beat up by Stan Hansen because that guy would just bomb him around, and they just regard hang other. him and so clothesline his head off, and it's just so entertaining to watch. So I, I mean, it's it. it's what they say in wrestling is like the person you're gonna have the like the yeah. most violent matches with is probably the person, probably like your best friend, is your best friend, right? <laughs> so I believe it. So uh, speaking of the real world tag league, Braden, like Terry and Dory Jr. have 
had one of the best records in the history of this tournament, one of the great, one of the longest running, most prestigious tournaments in wrestling. Uh, they, uh, they would be in 10 of the first 14 tournaments. They would win three times. Uh, they placed second four times, and they never placed lower than third. Which is a which is a hell of an accomplishment. The only team that kind of matches the record would be the team of Mitsuhara Masawa and Kenta Kobashi, who who would have uh, a rec- match the record of three wins in the tournament. But the Funk Brothers, like you know, like if you just look at the records, the numbers, they my God, what a what a great you know run they had as a tag team sure. in all Japan. Um, Terry only worked one champion carnival tournament uh, in 1980, which was won by his student, Jumbo Suruda. Uh, they, they, this brings us to his, and now this brings us to his big, his first big retirement match, August 31st, 1983, Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk taking on the team of Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy and uh, a young Terry Gordy. He's like 22 in this match. Wow. Yeah. He's huge. He looks. He's got one of those faces where it's like he's 22, but he looks like he's 36. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's abyss. It's <laughs> like similar. it's like Michael Hayes all his career. He's he looks like he's 47. Oh, he's only 32 in this match. Wow, he's you know? 22 in this match. He's Terry, Ter- Gore? Terry Gore is 22 in this match. Wow. Okay, so this would uh, this is being held at the uh, Kuramae Kokugikan, which is the the uh, sumo hall that was created after the original sumo hall in Ryo Goku. Uh, closed down, and then this would act as a place to go watch sumo wrestling, to go watch uh, professional wrestling for for many years until the new current sumo hall in Rigoku uh, would open. That that's the one we nice. know to this day. So Have this, you been there for wrestling? Uh, sumo hall, yeah, many times. Okay, many nice. times. Excellent. Um, so the attendance for this for this match was thirteen thousand six hundred people. I can believe it. It sounds like it. Sounds like twenty thousand. Let's run through the card. I'm just going to go quickly through the results. Oh, yeah. So in the, in the opening match, Mitsuo Momoda would defeat Toshiaki Kawada, a very young Toshiaki Kawada, in 9 minutes and 14 seconds. In a tag match, Misawa and Shiro Koshinaka would defeat uh, Hiromichi Fuyuki and Masaji Goto in 9 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, Tor Kamada defeats uh, Takashi Ishikawa in 7 minutes and 38 seconds. In a tag team match, Asuhara Hara and Mighty Inoue defeated uh, Brad Ringens and Buzz Tyler in 12 minutes, 56 seconds. There was an NWA International Junior Heavyweight title match between Chavo Guerrero. Ooh, Chavo. Senior, who was a defending champion, and he defeated a a legendary All-Japan Junior Heavyweight, Masanobu Fuji, in in 17 minutes. And uh, in a tag team match, Tenru and Baba defeated the team of Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, Raiden, and Rick Harris in nine minutes and twenty eight seconds, and uh, in the semi main NWO oh, the semi main NWA International Heavyweight Title match, Jumbo Suda defeats Bruiser Brody by countout because this is oh. before before clean finishes happen in all Japan, and Bruiser Brody does not like to lose clean to anyone. Right? Uh, Who could blame? In twenty one minutes and thirty three seconds, but hey, titles change by countout in Japan, so um, Jumbo. Jumbo wins the international title from Brody in this match. And finally, our main event, the, the retirement match of Terry Funk. Retirement. Yes. Never to wrestle right. ever again. This is his last match ever in history. So when we, we start this video that we have the link for, of course, like you should all watch it first. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a massive, already there's a massive Terry, Terry, but Te- in Japanese, yeah. Telly. 
Daily, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, 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 they're, they're just the fans are just anticipating the the appearance of Terry Funk. He's a Superman here, yeah. The yeah. crowd is crazy for this match. The beginning of the match, before it even starts, he's get like there's a little like celebration, as I'm sure you'll get into. But all the way through, like they don't stop. It's just loud. There's not a down point in this crowd. They just are so invested, and it makes it for a very interesting one. So unfortunately, the video skips the actual entrance. Right. the funks but what we do see uh are the funk brothers in the ring which is now just covered completely in streamers yes. that the fans threw for, for the book specifically for for terry uh we see terry receiving many presents from dignitaries and sponsors and finally uh giant bubba comes into the ring to shake his hand and has a giant smile on his face uh, uh presenting him with a large plaque and an envelope which i think is full of a lot of money. A lot Probably. of yen? No, American dollars. Ah. They all got paid in American dollars. Okay, that's yeah. not bad. Is it, so, was it better or worse than yen back then? Uh, I don't think until the bubble. Yeah. Then, then probably they want, oh, can I get yen instead of uh, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, Jumbo, Jumbo Suru is on the apron to show his respect and appreciation for the men who helped train him in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, Terry throws his ring jacket. Into the crowd who go crate and they go cra- people going crazy to try to grab someone it. out there owns this jacket. Oh so my god, must they must have it? Maybe they sold it to the the, the secondhand wrestling shop Totacon and yeah. then someone else spent true. Like they have a lot ten thousand dollars to to buy it. Yeah, I I I don't know if I'd do that, but I would. I do want a Ribera jacket, and I part of me will just have to buy it. But like I'm, I might just have to find. No, one we can't. It. You, you, you can't buy. We have to get. You uh, have to get gifted. Yeah, no. Well, I, I might be able to. Get you should get one. Yeah, you would get one. Before I, I might I do, get but... one for somebody. But if you want one, you, you have to get one custom made. I, I will probably just have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Like just so I can say a satin jacket. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But imagine catching Terry's jacket. Oh my here. god. You'd be be selling. Sell oh, these these fans, whoever owns that, whoever caught it initially, and who, if they still own it, they're probably is just probably enshrined in their house. Remember somewhere. when Terry Funk retired. That's right. For the first time. <laughs> this post wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So, uh, we finally see Hanson and Gordy in the ring, and they get their ring introductions, and uh, Terry, of course, gets the biggest pop. And even more streamers, it followed... By uh, I would say second, seconded only by his brother Dory Jr. Here, uh, Hanson immediately goes after Terry and throws him out of the ring while Gordy goes after Dory. Terry comes back covered in streamers because they're they're just covered in the outside of the ring as well and gets attacked by Gordy as well. Terry and Hanson brawl into the crowd briefly before getting back in the ring when the when the this is when the bell finally rings. Yes. Right in. Yeah, I mean, they've been brawling a bit before the thing even goes, and that's what's getting the, the people shouting and screaming even more because they're fighting, like, in around people that are just... Those people are, like, they're not, like, worried. They're just, like, they might get <laughs> legit hurt by these two fighting it yeah. among them, but they're probably, like, so excited. I'm so close to, to Stan Hansen and Terry Funk. Yeah, here. people Terry are always Funk. scared of Stan Hansen. Like, oh, yeah. Stan Hansen and Bruiser would scare people. Like, yeah. 
I mean, if you saw like a 300 pound like Texan throwing a cowbell around, you watch that. Yeah, the way he swings that thing, you just wouldn't want to get hit by no. that cowbell in the head. Um, uh, Stan Hansen immediately shoots Terry into the ropes and try to try and hit his Western Larry, but. You know, Terry, very smart. Yes. Hangs onto the ropes for dear Good life. spot. You know what? Not used enough in wrestling today. You know this guy's finisher is the, the lariat. So why not just hold on to the ropes and don't run at him? Exactly. <laughs> into it. Uh, Hanson and Terry trade multiple punches with Hanson getting the better of the exchange with some elbows, chops, and knees to the midsection. I, I want to point out, I'm a huge fan of the Terry Funk punch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... It's what he he definitely does a lot of stomp in his like the but they look so real like someone said in my research like they look real because to some degree they are real like not to hurt you <laughs> not, not enough to hurt you potato and but but to enough to know that you got hit right right probably not not give you a concussion or nothing like that but yeah is it like you know you're at a bar somewhere in the deep yeah. south and then someone yeah. they, you get some, two guys get in a bar fight and they've had a few too many and that's what it looks like they're like put them up here put them uh, up and they, yeah. he always puts them up like that right to, to, yeah yeah like yeah. like he's gonna fight but when he when he actually throws the punches i think they look so great he's I just, just hitting someone he's just hitting someone yeah. it's, it's good <laughs> you know um it's rock and roll uh terry actually has a bandaged forehead uh, from, of course. From, from before yeah yeah and uh this has started to bleed by this point in the match yeah <laughs> it's on purpose totally on purpose yeah he he definitely inspired a lot of wrestlers to to bleed in today's age as well but i i love it he looks he's always he's always bleeding every time every time you watch this guy wrestle he's bleeding he's bleeding a lot he loves to bleed just like rick flair yeah exactly uh dory finally tags in but hansen avoids uh the double team effort uh, by, by the Funk Brothers. Uh, Gordon tags in and hits a second rope blow uh, uh, to the shoulder of. Uh, he hits a, a shoulder tackle to Dory Jr. Then he hits a beautiful looking drop kick, which is a, it's kind of amazing for a guy his size. Like he's later on, he he'll slim down a bit more yeah. while maintaining his size, but like he's still kind. He's kind of a, a beefy boy here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Hanson and Gordy take turns working over the left arm of the elder Funk brother. Uh, Gordy and Dory run into each other's heads, and this prompts Hanson to attack Dory, which distracts referee Joe Higuchi so that Terry can sneak in and start attacking Gordy. And the fans love this part, this this kind of uh, cheating, but uh, not not the stuff done by Hanson. Yeah, if the good guys are doing it in retaliation, it's okay. It's That's okay. how we're exactly. allowed to cheer. Uh, we actually get a good shot of some of the women fans that we talked about who dress as cheerleaders. Complete with pom poms to cheer for Terry. What did he? Uh, what did he call these cheerleaders? Did he have a, Terry's girls? Terry's. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they had a nickname for them. Juvenile delinquents. Juvenile. De- <laughs> no, they're all like you know, like women who are like you know, professional women who just go to really matches. love. They just love Terry. Terry Funk. They just love Terry. Yeah, you know what though? Like I've seen this for other wrestlers, especially in this culture. Like being being over there, I've seen other wrestlers who. Older women just get up and like lose their minds over things. And the same is when New Japan have done shows over here in Canada and Toronto. I sat beside this woman who was quiet an entire show. And then by the end, when Tanahashi came out, all of a sudden, like outfit change and everything and just started like losing her mind. I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Okay. This is a whole, like, whole different world of, you know, people just going, you suck or like no, American. They're guys. invested. Yeah. Like this is and, totally different. And, and Terry inspired like this emotional investment from so many fans. Look at this guy. What a pimp. He's got all these cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. He's got 
business guy. salary workers, like businessmen, and suits want to take him out to dinner and spend five thousand dollars on his, his his like you know super rare we sushi. Should, yeah, we should all aspire to be more like Terry Funk. Get sponsors for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, Hansen is legal man and hits Dory with a jumping knee drop and then a pod driver. But Terry breaks up the pin attempt. There's another exchange between Dory and Gordy. Terry finally tags in, as as does Hansen, and they just go at it. Brayden, uh, Funk no sells. Hansen's repeated punches as the crowd just goes absolutely yeah. apeshit. Yeah, I love a good no sell, but Terry did it great here in the crowd. Again, just erupting. Uh, Terry lays into Hanson with his trademark punches and finally sends the big man from Borger, Texas, down. Uh, Gordy gets a cheap uh, shot in on Terry, which lets Hanson have the opportunity to start biting the cut on Hanson's head. Oh, that's gnarly. That's that's gross because it's actually bleeding. Oh, like you're getting in there. You're going to taste all that iron or lack of. uh, But they didn't care at this point. Yeah. Biting people. Hepatitis? What's that? Just uh, I never like... Who would bite someone in a real fight? It would just, just the That's lowest. Wrestling. No, I love I love it in wrestling. Don't get me wrong; it's sick and twisted, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, Terry counters his biting with a backdrop on Stan Hansen. <laughs> counters his biting <laughs> with a, with a, with a, with, a, with a backdrop. That's correct. A couple of elbow drops aren't enough to keep Hansen down for for three count. Hansen regains the advantage and goes to work on one of Terry's legs, but this allows Funk to start biting Hansen's head. Oh, you had to expect it, you know. Uh, eye for an eye, chomp for a chomp. But this they've now exposed like kind of the weak point in Terry's uh, on Terry's body, and this is what they're going to go after his leg. Not the giant gash in his head. No, that's not really going to debilitate. Come on, Terry Funk. They think that's that's going to slow him down? No, come on. Um, both Gordy and Hanson uh, get in on working over the leg with uh, uh, Gordy tying it up in the ropes while Hanson hits it with elbows. At this point, half of Funk's face, not the entire face, just half of his yeah. face is a crimson mask. Yeah, it's pretty Two-Face-esque here. Uh, Funk tries to mount a one-legged com- comeback against Gordy, but it's thwarted by Hanson. It's like he's just punching Yeah, on this leg. is what I meant. Like, yeah, the way he punches is like bouncing around on one leg. It's just a flesh wound. Uh, Gordy tries to uh, add insult to injury by going for the uh, t- the Funk family trademark spinning toehold, but uh, Terry refuses to submit to that move. Uh, Dory finally tags in and hits a series of uh, not so beautiful drop kicks on both Hanson and Gordy. But hey, you know what? I have a I have an appreciation for Dory Funk Jr. Yeah, excellent wrestler. Yeah, I didn't mind his drama. They're okay. Uh, Dory hits a couple of shoulder blocks until Gordy catches them with a power slam, but the count is interrupted by uh, Terry saving his brother. Uh, Terry does a wild tag in, but can't mount an offense. He's just too beat up, right? And, and bleeding. Like, his half legs. His, he's half blind in one eye from all the blood. Yeah. Um, uh, while Hanson and Dory Jr. fight outside, Gordy mounts to the top rope for a body press. Uh, again, very impressive for a man this size. But uh, Terry is able to roll out of the way. This allows Terry to go to the top, and he hits a beautiful-looking flying sunset flip from the top rope and, 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 and rolls Terry Gordy for the one, two, three. He wins his retirement match. In 12 minutes and 35 seconds. Yeah, the crowd here at the Sumo Sumo Hall. Uh, Kuramai Sumo Hall. Kuramai yeah. Sumo Hall. They went mental when yes. this guy ended. Like, I already said it was loud. Then just the audience, yes. crazy. People losing their minds, crying that Terry Funk, A, has won his last match, but B, it was his last match. Wink, yes. wink, wink, wink. What? What? And we were here to witness it? Yeah, this is like emotional thing like 
everyone's crying, he's crying, but all from a sunset. But, but not not everybody's happy because Stan Hansen would come in pretty pissed. Uh, immediately to spoil the Terry Funk victory. He he proceeds to beat up nearly all the roster who try to stop him from attacking Terry Funk. It was it's great. Um, he's taken back to the dressing room, kicking, screaming, and uh, you know Stan just, Hansen. What a character! Love yeah, it. damn. He's he, he, he didn't he didn't care if Terry was retiring. He's just like. I'm mad. So, so Terry is aided back up to his feet by by his brother and Joguchi, and he takes a mic. He declares that Japan, Japan is number, number one, one, number one, Japan number one. That he and his wife love Japan forever, forever. And then he finally ends this legendary uh, speech with uh, a sayonara and I love you, crying, crying, blood tears. in his eyes. The blood, sweat, and tears literally streaming down his face. While the fans t- chant, Terry. Forever. 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 This is like, you know, like something that a lot of people quote. Forever. Forever. <laughs> right. Because he, it's still such an emotional moment. Yeah. At the time, the fact that he broke his retirement, you know. Yeah. No one ever believed that he was ever going to retire. Sure. Like, subsequently. In that way, uh, Asusionita also mimicked Terry Funk as he would retire right. many times and then just come yeah. out of retirement again. Uh, Jay-Z would do it too. <laughs> he would steal his gimmick. Uh, he he would actually break his retirement. Uh, yeah, when's uh, the first time? The first time is, you know, he, he comes back in 1984, a year later. A year? This guy couldn't go a year, man. And then he, he would subsequently work on off for Ultimate. While doing the WWF, he, you know, yeah. Vince Jr. allowed him to do All Japan Okay, while doing... While doing a, right, right. being contracted WWF wrestler, so he this is his first retirement of like what like seven twenty uh, I don't 20, even who know knows. yeah but there's the one he had against Bret Hart remember right oh yeah that's WWF no it's like no. Uh, his independence but that's but, but no Bret was champion yeah but, yeah Bret was champion but, yeah, yeah but, yeah, but was. Vince was oh as for Terry Funk you can yeah we can oh do my that. god yeah um, yeah uh, it's it's so funny that like that's become a thing in pro wrestling, especially related to Terry Funk is how many times he actually retires. But this is the famous like quote that's used in everything of wrestling fans knows the, you know, cause you whatever. believe that he at the yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, he's retiring. He's everything emotional. else, everything since no, he's probably not. Okay. Okay. So like, I'm happy he didn't retire. Cause what comes after this is probably like even better than what he's done beforehand. In my opinion, like what he goes on to do is more like, Better, even bigger stuff, movies, at WCW, ECW, like things that I'm really big fans of. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm not happy he didn't actually. Oh, retire. no. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, he, he would work for all Japan from 84 up until pretty much 91. Like he would be still wrestling today if he could. If he could. could. Like this is the type of guy this guy was. He wanted to. He, he loves it. Yeah. He just genuinely wanted to do this all the time. And as a fan, you could see that. And no one ever like would criticize that. He's just like. Legend when it comes to I, I think he has one of the most interesting careers because he worked for the NWA. He worked every territory. So many places. Like Texas. He he worked Memphis. He worked Florida. He did the WBF during especially during like the, the Hogan years. Sure. He did that. He did Japan, Japan. But then subsequently, like from the nineties, he becomes kind of this hired gun, right? Yeah. He would work indies like everywhere. He would work Puerto Rico. He would work and famously he would help launch extreme championship wrestling right by giving by appearing on you know paulie's show in its early days and basically you know paul 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 Heyman would book around terry funk being the ecw champion and help 
get yeah, guys. Yeah, I love that. The Sandman, Cactus Jack, Terry, Tommy, Jerry, we were they would all get over because of Sabu would all get over because of the involvement. Yeah. Like he definitely like reinvented himself. I mean, uh, we can chat about that when it comes to this match. It's such a, a great match. Like again, the crowd make it even better than it actually is because it's just so electric. You can't help but feel it for a sub 15 minute match. It, yeah. it, it does have an epic feel. I feel. Yeah. It definitely, like you said, it's like 12 minutes long or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like for that long, it, there's so much that happens in it and there's so much like, behind it and baggage and way to it because the crowd just so into it and believing every little thing just proving how much of a superstar this guy was so i just want to go over some of his japanese awards and accolades before we wrap things up so uh like i said he 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 participated in 10 of the first 14 uh, real world tag tournaments he would win in 77 uh he would place uh, third and this is all with dory uh in 78 79 they, they would win against the Sheik and Abdul the Butcher in the finals in 1980. Uh, second place, losing to Giant Baba and Jumbo Saruda. Uh, 1981, second place, losing to Bruiser Brody and Jimmy Snuka. Uh, in 1982, they, they would win, defeating Brody and San Hansen. And, and uh, then, yeah, and then subsequently, 84, second place. 86, third place. 87, second place. 1990, uh, third place. His only champion carnival was in 1980. He tied for third place in that tournament. Um, he would win the Tokyo Sports Match of the Year in 1980 with him and Dory Funk Jr. teaming against Giant Baba and Jumbo Suda on December 11th in Tokyo. Um, he would become he would be voted Japan's most popular wrestler in 1979. Wow. Uh, amongst and you think about like all the people that native wrestlers and all the you know, foreign wrestlers that would tour yeah. in there, including people like Mil Mascaris and, 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 uh, you know, other greats, you know, Dusty Rhodes, he, he would win in 1979. Um, for all Japan, he, he would win the best technical tag team in 1977 with his brother. Uh, uh they would win also win in 1980, the best tag team play. I think, tag just, team play? I think just means like, you know, the, yeah. Best tag team workers, like sure. like now, now you probably have FTRB. They have the best tag team players. Best play Te- technique, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> they would uh, they would win the Distinguished Service Tag Team Award in 1984, Best te- Technical Tag Team in '86 and '87, and then the Excellent Team Award in 1990. And uh, yeah, and that I'd say. Uh... You said uh, he's won some all, all these awards for wrestling, but you mentioned 1984. Something else happened in 1984. His album. His album. That's right. <laughs> Which, thank God for YouTube, because it's not on streaming services. But if you ever, if you've never heard of Terry Funk's album, Great Texan, you definitely need to check it out. And you know, as a big music fan, you know, we did check it out in yeah. Waiting's backyard. <laughs> we we uh, we hung out. We we cracked it open, and we. We listened to it, and we found that track three, uh, We Like to Rock, which uh, the chorus is Juvenile Delinquents, may be the banger on the album, maybe the best song on the album. So shout out Terry Funk, who in by, by no means is a singer. No. <laughs> but but as I, a whole album, I have this album. You have the actual vinyl? Uh, I have the vinyl. Yeah, I need a copy of it for the for the, the, when the I go When I return set. to Japan, if I see it, I'll oh, yeah, put it up please. Okay? Yeah, this album is ridiculous uh, with... With songs, we have. He has a song called Rapungi because you know, even in 1984, 
they were partying up in Rapungi. That's right. Shout out Rapungi, happiest place in the world. Um, and I just, if you've never heard this album, like front to back listen is hilarious because it it's Jimmy Hart that's behind it. And oh, it's fantastic. And I, if you haven't checked it out, I would check it out. Great Texan, Terry Funk. Great Texan on YouTube. Album. You can find the whole thing there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we like to rock because we're juvenile delinquents. Uh, this, this, like, uh, his his run through like all Japan and obviously stuff with the tag teams and fighting, like I said, like the different cast of people, it made for like so many different matches. I really enjoyed watching this back uh, today um, just because obviously with his, his passing and it's like, Oh, good to like look back and remember him. But it, it inspired me then to go on like a YouTube rabbit hole of like so many of his other moments uh, through not just like his matches. Like I'm pretty sure it's that match with Stan Hansen where he just, hangs him and stuff but there's there's iconic singles matches there's uh moments like you said in wwf chainsaw charlie right. i love that stuff he got his wrestlemania moment with mick uh as as those two um something that comes to mind that's a bit like weird but in 2006 which he was still wrestling so it means he did not retire ecw one night stand two was mick foley and terry funk versus edge and tommy dreamer oh that's right and man, this match does not get enough flowers as I think it deserves. At one point, Terry Funk and Mick Foley are are entangled in a net of barbed wire while they're on fire. And while Terry is like, like just visually see him like shaking because he's bleeding everywhere, tri- tripped up the barbed wire. He just out loud goes, "God damn it, Mick!" And that's something that resonated with me that I say in a day-to-day conversation without anyone ever knowing what I'm actually referring to. So when someone goes like, wow, did you see about this? I'll go, oh, God damn it, Mick. Yeah. And it's all because of Terry Funk. Because I just remember him bleeding on screen like, ah, oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, oh, what a legend. Yeah. What a badass. What a hard What, what an amazing career. He's had everything from being NWA World Champion. Yeah, to, to wrestling in Japan, to wrestling on countless indies and just hey you can book him i'll show up i don't care who i'm fighting and just trying to help and and shepherd the help shepherd in a new generation of wrestling for like at least three decades yeah it's so crazy because uh i grew up when when i would get my hands on old ecw tapes i'd be like wait a second this is the same dude from all these years ago elsewhere but instead now he's like jumping when he was like what 50 doing the moonsault off the ladder in, in barely legal it's like what in the hell this guy is a madman and I think it inspires not even younger wrestlers, but he inspires older wrestlers who can go fuck things like fuck that. I can jump off shit. That's I can right. do all this shit. So I think he definitely. I mean, real wrestling fans and real wrestlers, I'm sure, can definitely like can, can say like he's he's the inspiration. But I, I do think he needs even more flowers. Terry Funk, sure. you can never say too many nice things about Terry. Exactly. Funk. So that, that brings us uh, to – let's wrap it up here. Let's bring us to the end of this episode of the Long Winding Road. Brain, thank you so much. Thank you, know, WH. Yeah, I always enjoy nerding out about pro wrestling with you, and you are the man to do it with because you know absolutely everything there is to do, especially with some of this all Japan and all the old Japanese wrestling. And uh, I speak for many who say we love your, your content. Thank and you. I love to listen to you, and I even love more to chat with you about pro wrestling. But Brian, this this is uh, according to our our good friend Waiting. Uh, he said this. We're recording this in kind of early October, but yeah. this is going to be released cl- closer to Halloween. Happy Halloween, y'all! Happy Halloween, everyone! So, Brian, what 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 are you going to plug for Halloween here? 
I mean, Halloween is a fantastic time of year for me, at least personally. I do love spooky season a lot. Uh, check out our podcast, poisonrana.ca, for the link of everything we do. Uh, spooky season, we review a lot of scary movies. We have a tradition that every Halloween we release, re- release a review of the Halloween movies in order. And this year, we're looking at Halloween 6. Okay. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> Which one is that? It's not a good one, WH, to be honest. So it, it'll make for a great review. Paul Rudd's in it. He's making his like acting this... debut. See, I always get them confused with the Friday 13th movies. Yeah. Did no, Michael, Myers, are, did Michael Myers go to Manhattan? No, no, no. That was Jason. That was Jason, yeah, right? Yeah. But did, did, did he also go to Manhattan as well? Uh, no, Michael has never gone to Manhattan. Okay. Which one's six? Six is like the curse of Michael Myers. It's when they involve witchcraft and like the little girls there and like uh, Donald Pleasant's last one. But Is Jamie Lee Curtis in it? No. He is not. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Is seven better? Uh, I don't, don't think there is seven. I think seven is the reboot, which will eventually you, get you, you guys going to do. One day. Yeah, next yeah. year, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are. There is a, a, a Friday the 13th that just passed in October. So we're making things even more spookier. We actually looked at Friday the 13th part three, when Jason gets his mask. The, the 3D? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah. We do a lot of uh, spooky movie reviews, but we also do lots of wrestling chatter over at Poison Rana. So weekly shows. Obviously, me and Davey do up next every Tuesday on this feed post wrestling. But can I just ask you? Yeah. When's the merch coming? I want some Poison Rana merch. It's uh, it's funny you ask that. Wh, things are in motion. So again, follow the socials. You're gonna see me in like the new be dripping the the Poison Rana hoodie. Yeah. The Poison Rana. Not the I don't, I don't wear the snapbacks. No, you wear dad hats. Dad hats. Okay, yeah, get, yeah. get some of those. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just for you. Just yeah. for me. Yeah. For all the frogs. I, I see like Sino fucking sporting all this shit. Like all right, it's all bootleg stuff, right? I'm like, yeah, what true. the fuck? I'll hook you up. We'll definitely we definitely have uh, some some things popping off going on. You know, Sino just pops because I just said you know I said yeah. his name. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. He, he always pops when I say his name. Shout out Sino. Shout out all the That's people right. listening to this. Shout out Eddie motherfucking Kingston. Right. He's listening to this. He's listening. He loves Terry. Fox. I love I love Eddie Kingston too. So there you go. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, WH man, thank you so much for having me on again. Yes, we'll have yeah. we'll we'll do something soon. Yeah, the future. yeah, we'll uh, smoke them if you got them, everybody. And uh, Terry Funk forever. forever. That's right. And to everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Check out the Long and Windy Row Road t-shirts over at store.postwrestling.com. And until next time, I will say goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara.